This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, I'm back. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Lisa Wysocki from Ashland City, Tennessee, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network from May 15th, episode 2182. This episode is brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. On today's show, we are again joined by special guest co-host, you just heard her, Lisa Wysocki. Jamie is supposed to be chiming in from her training in the Great North, but if not, we'll be treated to a horse health report on vaccines. We'll discuss a new bill the governor of New Jersey signed requiring auctions to ID horses. Lisa leaves a chat with fellow author from Minnesota, Bernice Endy, a lady long rider who, who is calling in today. And auditor Abby Foltz of the Chronicle of the Horse takes a look back with us at some horsey history from old chronicles. So, you don't want to miss any of it. It's going to be a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today, today is a mouthful. It is relive your past by listening to the first music you ever bought, no matter what it is, no excuses day. And you can do that while also <laughs> sitting back and relaxing with a glass of milk and celebrating National Chocolate Chip Day. But first, Glenn starts off with a special tribute. Yeah, uh, we had sad news yesterday, and I saw you post this too, Lisa. Uh, in my opinion, yeah. one of the funniest natural comedians that has been around for decades and really has drawn people of all ages in from the time. God, when I was a kid, I remember watching McHale's Navy. I think that was the first thing we ever saw Tim Conway in uh, when I was a kid. And then, of course, Carol Burnett show, which he was hilarious, but he was a clean comic and just naturally funny. And he was one of those physical comics where he could do physical stuff, kind of in the Jerry Lewis vein, where he could do physical stuff. And he was so funny definitely funny definitely funny and he had some albums out that were just hysterical way back in the day and uh i mean what a talent and it just a sad loss and you know in addition to tim we've lost two like peggy lipton and doris day this week it's just crazy well i have a uh a little bit of sound here i wanted to do in honor of uh tim conway and it involves horses and him actually thinking about becoming a jockey. Uh, little did you know that. So, And I can't believe I found this quote, but I'm going to let this play for about two minutes because it also goes into his early military days, and it's very funny. So let's just listen to Tim for a minute and all enjoy. I never wanted to be in show business. I was, um, I was, well, I wanted to be a jockey. I was uh, galloping horses at a couple of tracks in Cleveland, and I weighed about 95 pounds when I was a senior. Um, and one day I was in the starting gate and uh, horses go from a dead stop to 40 miles an hour right now, as you know, and I'd never been in the starting gate before. My dad said, take the horse in the gate and everything. The gates opened and I looked down the track and the horse was going down the track. And I said to myself, I should actually be on that horse. And I think <laughs> from there, uh, I gave up the jockey business and, uh, I, I went to Bowling that. Green State University for 11 years. Very hard to get through there. 
Then I went to the Army uh, in 56. I defended Seattle for two years. As you know, they were not attacked. Um, most people go in for two years. You go in as a private, come out as a corporal, almost automatic. I went in as a private, came out as a private, and spent a little extra time because uh, the military had no sense of humor. I'm telling you, I'm so mad. I can put that grenade away with you, Chuck. Yeah, well, it's... Uh, uh, Skip, I lost something. What? Uh, the pen. <laughs> you know, it goes in here. Well, I know where it goes. Throw it, it's a live one. Is that an order? Skip. That's an order. Throw it. All right, you're wasting government property, though. Throw it. Uh, I was on guard duty one night, and uh, I thought it was kind of silly because I was guarding a service club where they have, like, pool balls and uh, cards and uh, bingo and stuff like that, and nobody was in there. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, I was getting a little tired, so I fell asleep in the back of a car. And I woke up, and I looked at my watch, and it's almost 3 o'clock when the lieutenant would come around with a mad dog and uh, to check on the guys on guard duty. So I jumped out of the car, ran around to where I knew he was coming, but I had forgotten my rifle in the car. And the Army is so touchy about having your weapon with you at all times. <laughs> so I realized he was coming. I had no rifle. So I went into the garbage and took out a long neon tube light, and I held it on this lieutenant as he came around. I said, halt, advance, be recognized, which he did, gave me serial number and a lot of that stuff. And he looked at me and he said, wait a minute, what is that? I said, this is a light bulb, and if you come any closer, I'll turn it on. <laughs> That's Tim Conway. He was so funny. And that whole video went on oh. and on talking about his Army days. And a lot, I didn't realize this, but a lot of what happened in his Army days, and apparently he kept getting court-martialed for things, uh, they put in the show. They put in McHale's Navy. So it would they, they would actually, in this video, they would show a scene of him talking about it, and then they would show it actually in the show. So it was very funny, and uh, we're, he's going to be missed for sure. So, all right, let's do some Daily Winnies. I have no auditor birthdays today, and if I'm missing any of you, happy birthday. So, uh, we want to welcome some new auditors that have joined the ranks. KJ, Andrea, Serenity. By the way, Serenity is the most beautiful name, but that's a lot to live up to. If you're a, if you're a hyper ADD girl and have the name Serenity... Yeah, I mean, you almost have to be this laid-back oh, person. Trouble. Yeah, don't you? With the name Serenity. A lot to live up yeah. to there. Uh, Terry, yeah. Cheryl, and Ashley. And Serenity, if you're listening to this, please let me know, are you the laid-back mellow type? Or are you like, uh, you know, ADD? We want to know. <laughs> also, second, uh, and by the way, any of you new auditors that aren't involved in the Auditor Facebook page yet, search for HRN Auditors and ask to join, and we'll add you to the fun. Now, uh, second daily winnie goes out to Kaylee Kuko, who, of course, Big Bang. And by the way, sad day tomorrow night. There's going to be mourning all over the entire nation as the finale. One hour finale is played. And for those of you that record things, there's going to be the one hour finale of Big Bang Theory tomorrow night. And then immediately after is Young Sheldon. But immediately after that at 9.30, you're going to want to check your listings and record. They're doing a behind-the-scenes show from Big Bang's final uh, episode recording. So you're going to want to record that also. It's right after Young Sheldon. So I went on the DVR and recorded that so I wouldn't miss it. Um, But yeah, she was in Lexington yesterday visiting Carl Cook, who must be there, her husband, 
who's also a show jumper, who must be there still in the jumping circuit at the horse park. So they went out to the UK Healthcare Center and visited all the kids. Um, so they went to UK Children's Hospital and visited all the kids out there. They have an amazing children's hospital there. Uh, but there was all these pictures of Penny and the kids, and apparently they painted briar horses and hung out together. So good for her. That's fabulous. Yeah, and you're still breaking up on us, Lisa, so I don't know what is causing that today. I am so sorry. I don't know what. Well, we are having a terrible thunderstorm. That's all I can say. Okay. Well, we'll we'll try and hope it gets better. Uh, It's just ends of words that we're losing. So we'll hope it gets better. I heard Monday went fine. So we'll hope that today uh, improves as you go along. If not, maybe we'll have you reboot your computer and we'll uh, start from there. But all right, let's do your Daily Winnie. (laughs) Uh, My Daily Winnie goes to Tessie. The therapy horse whose birthday was this week. She's 18. She's fabulous, just like all horses are. And uh, happy birthday to Tessie. All right. Thank you for that. Um, Now, there was a bill that was signed yesterday in New Jersey that I found very interesting. You know, most of the longtime listeners know, in the old days, I had an office that was in the corner, literally, of the parking lot of the New Holland sales stables. And New Holland is known as one of the biggest meat auctions in the country for horses and and other animals that are supposed to go for meat. Um, But, you know, so every Monday, the horse sales would be there. Every Monday, there'd be hundreds of horses. And we've talked in the past about how they really tried to clean that up, thanks to a guy by the name of Rod Hartman, who happened to be a, a policeman in town, who was a friend of mine, who became a judge and really went after the sales stables to clean it up and started arresting people and all kinds of stuff. They started having raids, and he really he would stop every truck heading out and uh, fine them for every violation they could find. I mean, he really was on a mission. But apparently in New Jersey, they're also on a mission. Uh, Governor Phil Murphy signed a bill into law that requires auctions to properly identify horses that are to be sold. Uh, This passed by unanimous uh, in, in the House there. And what it says, if a horse has been implanted, microchip, tattoo, or brand, the organizer will be required to post on its website all identifying information, including any identification number contained in the microchip and detailed description or picture of the tattoo or brand. And this information will be required to be posted no later than 72 hours before the horse goes to the auction. Well, what's interesting about that is nobody ever registered their horse. These are cheap auctions where you show up with your trailer full of horses, you run them through, somebody buys them, and sometimes they're off to meat, sometimes they're off to people. You know, sometimes actual people buy them. Um, But they were never registered 72 hours in advance. So I don't know how that's going to work because I don't know that they they ever do that at these auctions. I don't know either. And I think that's everybody's fear is that their horse is going to be stolen. And, you know, I think it's a step in the right direction for sure. Well, and that's uh, definitely be, what this is meant to eliminate. I will tell to see if it works. Yeah, it's, this is definitely meant to eliminate that. And to, yeah. you know, to make sure if a horse is stolen and they are microchipped that they're ca- it's caught. Uh, before it goes through the auction, that's the 72 hours. Now, I don't know exactly, yeah. you know, do they have to notify owners or is it up to the person who's had their horse stolen to go check every auction website out there? You know, I don't I don't know how that works. But this is interesting, too. The 
compliance part of this bill also says that they were required to maintain records for each horse, horse sold at the auction, including the microchip tattoo, the date and time of posting the information, who bought it, all of that stuff. So that's a whole new level of uh, requirement, too, that these auctions have never had. If they're found in violation, they'll be subject to $200 fine for the first offense and $500 for a second and subsequent offenses. So it could add up after a while. Um, it could, but that may not be enough to stop, you know, these people who are doing it right. I don't know. I don't know. It's up to, I, I think it, from what I understood that it'll be up to the auction, the auction's the one getting fined. So, you know, that could add up quickly and they're not oh, making $500 wow. on these uh, sales, you know? So, um, you know, their commission is not $500 on a thousand dollar horse. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. I, I Anything is a step in the right direction, and I hope this uh, goes on and gets passed it in New York and in Pennsylvania as well, which are the three big places that this happens. I know there's auctions everywhere, but these are the ones you hear about all the time. So we can hope it was definitely a, a step in the right direction and was voted on unanimously. So that is cool. All right, we're being joined by somebody. We have no idea who she is. Um, oh, it's the host of Horses in the Morning. Jamie is here with us from the from the Great White North. Hi, Jamie. Good morning. Hey. Hello. So, uh, is it still snow on the ground up there? No, there's no snow on the ground, but the mountains sure are beautiful and covered in snow. The Grand Teton Mountains are the most beautiful mountain range on the planet, and y'all can argue with me all you want. <laughs> and I don't think the snow ever leaves them, does it? Middle of summer, still snow up there. Uh, it... Oh, there's always snow up there, but there's a lot of snow up there right now. <laughs> so uh, you've been training some horses, huh? I have been, yeah. I've got a couple that I've been uh, spending some time with, and I wish I could spend as much time with my own dang horses training them. <laughs> So we've been seeing a lot of videos. You've been posting a lot of videos. And uh, so tell us about the horses that you're starting and just give us a rundown here. Okay. The Frisian is the one that everybody's in love with and I, I really want to take home. He's a, a nine-year-old gelding that when his owner goes to get on him, his owner is Robert who owns the ranch, and uh, when his owner goes to get on him, he takes off, blasts off. And and they get off and on all the time. He goes into hunting camps in the winter through the snow, and they get fences and track things, and he's up and down all the time. And every time he goes to get on the horse, it's a nightmare. So I've been working on teaching him how to stand still when you mount him. The owner or the horse? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is always a little bit of teaching the owner how to how to maybe do things a little quieter, a little less, uh, you know, these Frisians are so sensitive, but people treat them like they're big draft horses, but he's huge, but he's very sensitive. So trying to get Robert to understand, like, you know, come out a little slower, just a little a fraction slower, but also the horse now, um, bless his heart. His name is bear. He'll now come over to the mounting block and stand. And, but of course he doesn't use mounting blocks. So now I've had to, Oh my God, my last, this was like a 16 hand horse. And I had to mount him from the ground into a Western saddle like 35 times yesterday. Can I just tell you my butt? <laughs> oh, my and let's remind everybody, Jamie's five, two and a good day. 
So that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that has definitely been a challenge. I am so sore, and I like limped up, and everybody's like, "Are you okay? Did you get bucked up?" I'm like, "No, I don't, I just I just got on a horse." You know what? When, when you said he had the trouble mounting, all I could picture was blazing saddles where they're taking a running leap from behind and landing in the saddle. That's, that's what I could picture. That'd be cool. I'm gonna work on that today. It's <laughs> a great idea. Uh, the other horse is proving to be quite a challenge. Uh, it's a three year old filly who was born here at the ranch it was like one of those oops we had one of the colts got out with the mares and blah 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 so they had this oops baby and um they they really really hand raised her a lot because she was born where there was still snow on the ground so they really had to take care of her and they and basically whether or not they meant to they kind of imprinted her well then they turn her out in a field for three years you know so there's this uh, uh, this Fear is this uh, like uh, almost like a Mustang with no fear. So it's a it's an imprinted horse that has been feral for since basically it was imprinted. So it has a weird like some things really don't bother it, and then some things are absolute big problems. And so the big problem with this horse, granted, she was not started. She was very uh, touchy and fearful at first. Now I've got her where plastic bags can fly over, and she's like doing great. But what she doesn't like is when you tighten the girth. She just is like naturally super cinchy. And they're like, oh, yeah, her mom was like that, too. Well, that's great. It's kind of hard to put a, a girth on a horse when you're by yourself. When the horse, like, when I go to tighten that girth, she is, you know, she, her, her nose is on my left and her tail is on my right. And you go to tighten that girth and her whole entire body just comes towards you. She just, like, runs you over <laughs> when you're tightening the girth. So, I had to employ the help of Cade Cowboy and uh, have him tighten the girth while I stand there and block her from coming over us. And, and we got the Western saddle on and long lined her yesterday. I'm going to do some more stuff this morning with the girth, and hopefully Cade the Cowboy is going to hop up on her this afternoon. So, you know, we've talked uh, in the past about how to solve that first problem with the mounting. Uh, you know, we've gone over that before oh. on the show. But this one, so how do you solve this one? Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not quite sure. I'm going to just put the girth on and off about a hundred times today. And if I can have somebody to help me who can just stand there and kind of like be big and block her body from coming on top of you. But I think that she has a little bit of that genetic component where it's super sensitive when you tighten the girth. She's a little roan pony, you know, she's just, just like we, uh, the horse that I have at home, I had at home in Arizona, Joey, you tighten the girth too tight on him. He just passed out. Yeah. I he remember very that. dramatic. She's, <laughs> yeah. She's just very, seems very sensitive. And I mean, I, I was using a surf single that's like, you know, the girth is one of those big giant fleece girths and she still reacted to that. So I think I'm just going to do it about a hundred times just with my hand holding it and, and, pick it up and let her feel it. And then when she stops reacting, drop it down and then pick her up. And I've done this a hundred times already, but she's got about 600 more that she needs to do. And that's when people look at these videos and they're like, Oh my God, you're so patient. And I read that as because Chad will say that. And basically what that means is, Oh my God, I'm so bored watching this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just posted this on the one Facebook group that we all, you always get the stuff from. And, I mean, I, I want to take him home. Yeah, he has ulcers and also laminitis, by the way. I just posted it, and that's what answers I got for the girth problem. Oh. Yeah. 
the girls from oh the the uh, the the. You posted about the Philly I'm telling you about? Yeah, just now, and uh, your your horse has ulcers and needs to be treated. Um, that's the problem. Oh, my God. You know what I need? Is I need to go into the kitchen and see if they have any coconut oil. Yes. And turmeric. And smear it all and over his face. That. That's what helps. Yes. On the gums, yeah. Put <laughs> some coconut oil on the eye. Genius. God, what did I, why didn't I ask you earlier? I know. I am here to help. CBD oil helped, too. Just spread it all over her body. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a great idea for me. <laughs> so I saw also that a listener came to visit you. Yeah, Mary Schmidt came and popped over. She lives about half an hour from here in Jackson Hole, so uh she brought her little puppy out here and we had a we had a great time uh playing with, with her and hanging out with her yesterday. She was very nice to come over and she, she did some videos for me and uh, she was awesome, but I wanted to tell you too. I am going to have this cowboy get on this horse today. Okay. And let me tell you a little story. I said, Cade, listen, I will not tell anybody. I will not tell a soul if you will put on a helmet when you get on this silly. <laughs> I said, like, we'll, we'll do it when when nobody's around. Nobody will know. And he looks at me and he sits back in his chair, crosses his arms, he goes. You know, I'd know. <laughs> <laughs> that's how opposed they are. I know. Wow. That's that, that's cowboy thing. Like, not. Nah, I don't care if nobody knows because I would know. <laughs> so it's. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna uh, maybe po- get a video of it, but probably not because I know that I will just hear all sorts of crap about the helmet. But just know that I'm like I'm not here working these horses, and I wear a helmet when I'm on the ground. These. These these wranglers out here think I am like some you know like blowing coconut oil up their nose kind of hoopy person anyway. So what do I care? <laughs> and you know um, it do- does look like uh, Lucas was having fun yesterday. The pictures, by the way, of him and the puppy were so cute. Oh my god, yes. it was amazing! So cute. <laughs> he does yeah, love he, animals. He really enjoyed it. She, and then Mary's like, oh, my God, I feel so bad. My puppy needs a boy. And I was like, don't worry. Your puppy can't handle this boy. Take him home. <laughs> Your puppy will appreciate exiting. <laughs> That's funny. So what? Um, so you're going to be there the rest of the week working with these horses then? Yeah, so I think uh, they, <laughs> they predicted a pretty heavy snowstorm for Saturday. What? Which it's, I guess, something that you're not allowed to mention around here. They get very upset when you say the S word in the spring. <laughs> um, so th- I was supposed to leave and drive down to Salt Lake on Saturday, but we're going to go ahead and switch that to Friday and get out of here so I don't have to. I don't I don't know how to drive in snow. I was going to say, it's yeah. Not it's not something good. that I. That's good. <laughs> so, I'm leaving a day early. So now the the pressure's really on to get some riders on these horses. (laughs) (laughs) And will you be doing anything fun, trail riding the mountains, what, you know, anything like that? Skiing on the mountain? Um, well, I did ask for another horse because I want to take this little filly and pony her up into the mountains. Um, so, so that's the way I've guaranteed myself at least one good ride out in the mountains. But Chad, you know, this is a... Like a working vacation for me, but they get to have a complete total vacation. So like Chad went and played golf yesterday. My dad came up and he took Lucas and they like go on field trips every day. And it's like, you're playing golf. You guys are on a field trip and I'm eating dirt in a round pin. So (laughs) this is fun. (laughs) 
<laughs> They're so appreciative of you doing that for them. So now the next yeah. question. Give a plug for the ranch again. Which one is it? Okay, it's Triangle X Ranch in Moose, Wyoming. There is not, I mean, dude, this place is ridiculous. It's just so, so, so nice. And I, I find it just amazing that to be a girl here who uses nonviolent Monty Roberts training methods and to be training horses here on a cowboy ranch in Wyoming, I just think is such a big step in the right direction. And I really, that's why I come here because I feel like if I get to tell one person what I'm doing and, and these cow, a couple of the cowboys have really been hanging out and watching what I do. It's really cool. Um, so just kind of spreading the message that you don't have to be violent. I, do you have, do I have one second to give yeah. you an example of yeah. what I'm talking about? So yesterday, yeah. one of the cowboys came up and he's like, so uh, there's this trainer in Arizona who uh, does something really, really, really cool with reservation horses. And I was like, oh, what? He says he puts them in this chute and they fill the chute up with sand up to the horse's neck. And then they halter it and they what? can do all sorts of stuff to the horse. And I was like, that's not cool. That's terrible. I go, that's. And then he, because he thought he was like, that's so cool. And then they come out and they're super gentle and you can do anything to them. And I was like, that's up. That's something called learned helplessness where the horse literally just gives up. And it, you, yeah, sure. It makes a great dude horse, but I'm like, I wouldn't trust that horse in my life. No way. You know? And, and, and I have never so heard of that before. That is just awful. <laughs> that is awful. Yeah. Isn't that the worst yeah. thing you've ever heard? I have never heard of that because before. That, yeah, apparently it's some trainer in Arizona that does it. I've obviously he's like, have you heard of him? Because uh, he's like amazing. I'm like, oh my gosh! So this is the this is the mentality of the, some of the people up here. So it's really fun to show these some of these guys that there is a better way and and a softer way to do things. And 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 slow is fast. You know, you get a lot faster when you go a lot slower at the beginning. And I feel like a. I'm, I'm definitely making a difference in these horses' lives for sure, and maybe some of the people. So Triangle X Ranch, Moose, Wyoming, it's stunning and amazing, and I, I really feel that the people here are just the, – the people that own it and that run the horse department, they are just a step ahead in the in the Western Cowboy Department. So it's, well, a, it's you're, a great place that I love to support. It's interesting because you're doing yeah. exactly what Monty did at the beginning of his career. You're going out one person at a time, one place at a time, and, <laughs> and doing the message. That's exactly how he started. Um, and you're well, you're continuing his legacy by by educating people through example, and that's exactly what he did. You can talk all day long, but you know, when you see it happen and when you see it work, that's going to be much more effective than, oh, this is how you should do it. Well, that's a, that's an ultimately a high compliment because it is something that, that, that these people wouldn't see otherwise, or some of these people wouldn't see. And so anyway, that's a nice thing to say. Well, uh, I will ruin that right now by saying the Preakness is coming up. So I have this for you. Horse half man with beer in hand, he strolls the infield vest. He's bold, he rocks, he's hot to trot for girls with beautiful hair. It's Kegasus. Kegasus. He's a mighty stallion crossed with a human. Is she still there? Um, did she? She hung up. <laughs> 
watching. <laughs> she hung up. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so anyway, that was uh, Jamie having a good time up there training horses, or everybody else is having a good time. J- Jamie's training horses is the way it sounds. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about horselovers.com. And uh, so horselovers.com right now, you know, and I'm sure you use these. The Professionals Choice SMB boots have been very popular for years. Um, and, you know, do you remember when you could get the SMBs, Lisa, that they were just one color? Black. They were oh, black. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And yep. Lisa, you're still breaking up on us. So I'm definitely going to have to have you. Let's reboot your computer. I'm going to reboot. Okay. I'll be- back in just a minute. Okay, so let me talk a little bit about Horse Lovers. Right now, they have the SMB boots on sale for 42% off. That's right, 42% off. Now, they are some bright colors. Let me tell you, there are some bright colors in there. Um, so you, you'll want to check them out and see if you can deal with the colors. But they also have the black ones, the SMB2s, on sale right now at 33% off for $47. So uh, they also have a bunch of other Professionals Choice stuff in there. Uh, they have brushes. And basically, uh, when I click the button here, it's 96 items that are marked uh, from 30% to 45 percent off a lot of a lot of smbs uh different types but that's what's going on right now on their flash sale at horselovers.com so go check that out they also have some justin lady sip paddock boots at 29 dollars that's right, $29. And they have a bunch of sizes left in there. And they also have some kids' paddock boots, some Justin's right now, at $25. So go over and you'll find all of that at horselovers.com. Be sure to check every day. These spe- specials don't last long. Like the boot special is only going on for another couple hours, and then they'll have something new. So go take a look at that uh, right now at horselovers.com. Well, our next guest coming up is somebody that knows a lot about being in the saddle. She spent more than 30,000 miles in the saddle, crisscrossing the United States, Canada, and southern France. So obviously, she is a long rider, and she has written a book called Lady Long Rider Alone Across America on Horseback. And this guest has been the most requested guest by our listeners. Uh, Linda was the one that finally said, you have to get her on. And then I heard from Auditor Lily this morning that said, oh, she stayed at our house for three days. So, Bernice, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. So, I got to tell you what, uh, you, you've got a following because our listeners are like, you have to talk to this lady. Just because I've stayed with so many people. <laughs> helped me so many times. And I think half of our <laughs> listeners, apparently. So, so. Unexpectedly, unexpectedly, <laughs> they've helped me so many times. I've ridden in so pathetic looking that they just, you know, well, I guess I'm here, so help me. You know, we've had long riders on the show before, but not anybody that does has done near the miles you have. You've just not stopped. You started and never stopped. Exactly. I'm still doing it. Yeah, I know. I know it. I um, I know for for uh, most people, it's a once in a lifetime dream, and for me, it became my life. Well, how did it start? What was the What was the first time? Well, that was 2005, and I was 50 years old, and I was at the end of my teaching career. I had taught classical ballet for 25 years, and and um, I don't know. It was a uh, you know one of those. 
windows of opportunity, no children, no parents, no husband, no, you know, nobody needed me. And, and, um, you know, it's like, read the book. You (laughs) went from classical um, ballet to being in the saddle? Through dressage. Oh, is that right? Dressage took me to dance. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, but I rode, but I rode in my mother's belly. I came out riding. I rode... You know, I was, I trained, I was, I was a pretty good rider at four years old at eight. I trained my first pony and I was pretty much a horse those first 13 years before I ran amok. (laughs) Before you, you left it and came back to it in a big way. So what was your first trip that you took? 2005, I rode from the northwest corner of Montana down to Albuquerque to see my sister who was adamantly opposed to my coming. Did we lose you? No, I'm still here. Okay. So she was adequately opposed to you coming? She didn't want you riding 2,000 miles to see her? No, absolutely not. My goodness. And I didn't know. I mean, I had no idea. I'd never, I'd never even been camping with my horses. I had no idea really what I was doing. I didn't know there was any such thing as a long ride. I didn't know what a long ride, the long ride of guild was. I had no idea. I, I even entertained the fact that maybe I was the first one to do it. <laughs> How silly that was! And, and there we are. And did you? Ha- oh, we got Lisa back. Here we are. So, yeah. so did, did you? Did you make a plan for this first trip, or did you just leave? No, no, no. That first ride, I meticulously routed every step, and it was a very good thing because I rode into a nightmare. I really, it was just so incredibly hard. I had no idea. I, I thought I had planned for everything. I, I entertained myself as being a, a competent horsewoman by that time. I'd ridden and showed and given lessons and, you know, trained, you know, for years. And But um, I kind of got blown out of my saddle. What, was, what, was the, what were the challenges on that trip? Uh, everything, it sounds like. Well, I was, ta- <laughs> I was doing it. it, was a, it yeah, there was a lot. It was a single horse ride. And it was apparent by the first night out that I couldn't get in and out of a tent fast enough that I was going to have to hold on to this horse day and night. And I did. I held on to pride for, yeah, all day, all night. I never let go of him for weeks, weeks, just because, you know, I was so unsure. Only time I'd let, let him, let him off was if I had a corral, then I'd put him in a corral. Then I was safe. It was like having a babysitter. But if I was out and, you know, I was by myself, I was riding the, the Rocky Mountains, you know, and, and, you know, at night I held on to him. I didn't sleep in a tent. And so consequently, um, my first three years, my first 7,000 miles were tentless. I slept outside on the ground. You cowboy camped literally. My head. <laughs> was there a reason? <laughs> literally. <laughs> was there a reason you went yeah. by yourself that time versus um, going with a group? I never, ever even entertained going with somebody. Wow. And you haven't since then either, have you? You've been a solo rider the whole time. Yeah, right. I I took out um, two young girls separately. One lasted, I don't think, 200 miles. The other one lasted 150 miles. I'm pretty tough to ride with. I can imagine. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm just, I don't, I don't uh, cut corners. I've, you know, things, I've stayed alive because I'm the way I am. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm very, very methodical, very, I'm very, you know, the things have to be done like this. You, there's protocols and there's a way that I do it. And I've learned over the years of, you know, it has to be meticulously 
you know, done every, you know, even yeah. stepping down off those horses and, and how I'm going to unpack and, and pack back up, how we approach a road. Everything is done, you know, after from years and years of doing it over and over again. And, you know, and, and even that doesn't going to save you from getting killed out there. It's very dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. And, it, and it's like, no, I don't need anybody else with me. I don't need that. I don't, I'm really happy alone. I love living and, and living a very singular life. And I'm, I've got my animals and, and I see plenty of people and um, um, I find my best friend is myself. So. Well, and yeah. I think I, it is a safety issue. And um, the other thing too, that I Absolutely. just want to mention real, real quickly is uh, on your website, you have these two adorable pack horses with you. Can you tell us a little bit about oh. that? Right. That, well, today I only will use fjords. And um, I don't know which photos you saw, but um, the, most the, of the time I'm using a fjord. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They all have to pack and ride. All the horses have to pack and ride. I switch them back and forth many times, many, even many times during the day, I'll switch back and forth. And because it just, there's different hot spots, just different pressure points. And, and, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm riding a horse, I'm off walking usually 10 miles a day. So that horse is fairly light. And, um, and me in the saddle, I'm, I'm not ever sitting in the saddle. I'm always up on points. So, um, and I'm off the saddle for the most part. I, I walk, trot, walk, trot. But, but the little fjords, they're fjords, they're little fjords. And, and <laughs> now, I, is there, there's a reason you use just, the fjords? Are they just more sure-footed or, or another reason? No, gosh, no, no, no. It's got nothing to do with sure-footed. So. But um, they, um, they've, got a, they've got a thick skin. These are draft ponies. They've got a thick yeah. skin and a coarse hair. They've got a short, flat back. It's easy to pad. They've got lots of hair on their legs. They've got a train-like brain. They're very steadfast, and they are easy keepers. Yeah. I got to tell you, when I looked at the pictures of Bernice, when I looked at the pictures of those fjords, we followed a couple of people who rode across the country and had them on all the time Mm -hmm. and followed them across. And their horses were looking pretty thin Mm -hmm. and and wrangly by the end. Your horses are fat and happy. There is no thin and wrangly with those (laughs) those fjords. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I know. But, you know, I ride, I ride pretty different than most of them. I, and how could they, I mean, how could they know how to ride? I mean, it's like, you know, one ride is not going to teach you how to do a ride, do you a long rider. You know, I like, I ride, I ride, I trot walk, I trot walk 10 miles, pull my gear off, take gear off for an hour and a half, trot walk, trot walk, 10 miles, pull all the gear off for two, an hour and a half, trot walk, trot walk, pull all the gear off again. Yeah. I, I'm just and brush everything out. Everything's br- those horses are brushed out, covered with bed sheets, kept meticulously cleaned. Everything. Every time I set that saddle and anything on that horse, that is all either lamb's wool or uh, uh, wool backs or skeetal pads. That's what I use. But a sheep hide, and everything is brushed and fluffed. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of extra work that I go to to keep those horses. That eight thousand mile ride I did. Not one sore. Not one sore. Well, and obviously yeah. the attention to detail is is paying off. Now, is there any place that you Absolutely. want to ride yeah. that you that you haven't ridden? Any any place you'd like you'd oh love god, to go? There's so many places. Oh my god, there's so many places. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I I got to do more of the cascades. I'd like to do. Um, I, you know, the last year I rode the Mexico border, and that was just really. You know, you just, it's, I've never been down that low. I mean, I rode the border along the fence 
And wow. that was so incredible. That was interesting. Um, and, you know, I'm not, not Midwest. I'm kind of think I'm kind of done with that kind of area. But um, there's places in Colorado that still that you know called me and and the Northeast. I you know I I love. I'm over here in New York right now, finishing up on the book tour and. The Northeast is beautiful to ride. I'd love to go up into Maine or New Hampshire a little bit more, way up, way up into the into the provinces. And but you know, you've got bugs. It's a huge bug issue yes. out there with those horses. <laughs> it, it is, is yeah. such murder up there on those horses. That's really hard on them. And I do all kinds of things. I don't know if you've seen some of the pictures. The horses are completely covered in bed sheets. And then, yeah. and even I even have gone so far as where I've gone and gotten. Um, pajamas from the secondhand store, cut them in half and put them on their legs and hold them up with suspenders. They're completely covered, bag bombed on their, on their udders. And, you know, it's really a big issue. So, you know, I don't know, you know, at this, at this point in my long riding career, you know, I can see myself doing, you know, you know, maybe five, six, seven, a hundred miles, a thousand miles. That's, you know, that's not very long anymore. That's, Three months. That's nothing. That's, uh, <laughs> well, I gotta ask you. Um, I gotta ask you because you have uh, obviously stayed in a lot of people's homes. Uh, is it? Do you just drive up to their front door and knock? What, what you know? Is this something you set up ahead of time? Anytime. You find them out in the yeah. yard. You no, don't find anybody no, in the yard God, anymore. No. Uh, so, uh, how's that work? I know, no, I know, no, no. There's no. I I never carried a cell phone. I still don't. I never carry a cell phone. I have one now on the book tour, but I've never carried a cell phone. And um, everything was simply, uh, you know, it's a world of uncertainty. You know, you ride into mystery every day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, knock on doors. You have to stop. You have to humbly step down off your high horse and, uh, and ask for help. It's a, it's a real humbling experience. You know, you're out there um, and you need people. And it's, it really has been a, uh, a, a, uh, and it's just an experience of, you know, touching the river of humanity. It, it's uh, it's a very unique experience to see the world. It's a it's a iconic, legendary image you present to the world, and and I take it very seriously, and I ride with integrity and with deep, deep appreciation for all these people who have helped me. I mean, I couldn't have, I can't, I couldn't possibly do what I'm doing without these people who helped me and and pass me on. I can't imagine anybody, if you riding up to anybody's barn and them not wanting to help you and be part of your story and all of that. But have you ever ridden up to somebody's place and just kind of felt unsafe or just gotten a weird vibe? Oh, gosh. Yeah, of course. Yeah, many times I've <laughs> I've left in the middle. I've left in the middle of the night. I've slept with my gun in my hand many oh my times. Goodness. All of these things. Yeah, good grief. Yes. You know, my oh. goodness. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not riding in any bubble. There, it, there's, there are issues out in the country that, you know, you really must ride with caution, attentiveness, and skill. And that's, that's it. You don't move forward in fear, though. You be ready. You get ready. You're prepared. And, and you, you know, you keep your head about yourself. And, but you know, you're serious. It's, a, it, it's not fun. It's nothing. There's not, it's, you know, I know people, you know, they'll pull this, oh, be sure be fun. I'd sure like to do that. I think you've got to be out of your mind. There's nothing fun about it, but it's so interesting. I yeah. love my life as a lady log rider. I love it. I love <laughs> doing what I'm doing. I feel like the luckiest girl in the world, but it's not fun. 
You know, it's yeah. interesting because, that you say that because yet that that once you've had to leave, if you take your total, it's probably one percent, right? I mean, it's it's the minority and not the majority. And then you meet the people like our auditor well, Lily, yeah, who you stayed right, with for right. three days, and she was so right. sad to see right. you go. You right. know, it's like, yeah. yeah, I know, and I'm you know, I really I'm testimony to the goodness in this country. I truly am, and I if there's any message that I can pass on, it is that that. You know, our country is, even though it is in turmoils right now, we really are a country of very good people. And to not, to not believe that the reality, the real of reality is not always on TV and newspapers. You know, the reality is us and how we conduct one another. And, and we're, we're good people. Well, and it's really refreshing to talk to somebody like you who is really living out your dream and riding your passion. And I mean, so many other people may be thinking about doing something like you do, but they've never done it. They've never taken the steps to actually do it. And and just kudos to you for for actually living your dream in, in a country where you can actually I do that. I correct you. I correct you. It was never my dream. I never dreamt of doing this. I never in my life thought I would want it. I never said... And I've had hundreds and hundreds of people say to me, I've always wanted to do that. I wish I could do that. I always wow. dreamt of riding across country on horses. I never in my life, I cried the day I left. I cried for weeks. I, it was something that came to me. It was like, it was a vision that came to me. I'm going to ride down and see my sister. I was trying to, I don't know. You know, there was just, there was things I, I don't know, that brought me to that point. But um, no, I never, ever in my life thought I want to drive, ride across the country on a horse. Never, but, but, but I still, but I, but I did, and I, and I, and consequently, I, I stepped into my own skin and, yeah, and uh, discovered a person that I did not even, I didn't know was still there. I, you know, I had the opportunity to do that, but you know, don't think it's, you know, it's. I've paid a price. I've given up an awful lot to do this. You know, sure. I've given up. You know, my community and friends and relationships and, you know, it was difficult on my family and, you know, sure. it's, it's uh, you know, you, you got to leave everything behind. You can't go out there with anything. You've got to leave it all behind because it takes everything to stay alive. What, um, tell us about the book, Lady uh, Long Rider, Alone Across yeah. America on Horseback. Tell us about the book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Far Country Press picked it up out of Montana and I cover all of the rides, but they're really just, they're stories. It's a compilation of stories that happened to me out there that really are metaphors for life and let, metaphors for uh, all of us have experienced, you know, one time or other, you know, you know, facing our fears or, you know, you know, being discouraged and not, you know, finding home and, and things, things we all face. But that's really what it is. It's not a litany of where I, what I ate and where I went to the bathroom or anything like that. <laughs> Jeez, and that's a question I was going to ask next. I guess I'll throw that one out. Um, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and I see right, you... the three questions are the three. The yeah, three questions right. are how old am I? Aren't I afraid? And do I carry a gun? Those are the three questions three that questions, I ask. Yeah. <laughs> so, so where can we where can we find the book? Because I want to get it today. So is um, it on you can order it from you can yeah you can get it on Amazon. You can order it off my website, and I'll sign the book. I'll personalize it. And um and your bookstores. Yeah. What's your website, okay. uh, Bernice? 
www.endyofthetrail, no, yeah, no, it's of the trail, E-N-D-E, Endy of the trail, or just Google Lady Longrider and my name, you'll tell, you'll get something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. And uh, well, congratulations on, on the book. And we look forward to talking to yeah. you again in the future when you've ridden all across Europe and South America. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Who is it that I stayed with? <laughs> Okay, you stayed. You stayed with Lily Harmon. Um, Lily Harmon. Yes. Tell her I remember Lily Harmon. Oh, she's listening right now. (laughs) Tell her, tell her, love and hugs, and of course, many thanks. And it was Linda Bukacek who's the one that really pushed to get you on the show. So we can thank Linda for that too. Oh, oh, oh! All right, all right, very good. You have a fan base, and uh, well. So you have friends. Happy trails and stay in the saddle, right? All right. Thanks, Renice. You too. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. She's a trip, literally. That was fun. That was fun. I would like to ride with her. I mean, I know she likes to ride by herself, but I would love to. Oh, she wouldn't ride with you. You're a rookie. (laughs) She's not. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't suffer any fools. I mean, I, I think you just kind of have to keep up. Yeah, I don't think Linda puts up or Bernice puts up with any crap. There's no, <laughs> no, no. Now I want to no, read her book, know, though. Now I do want to oh, read her book. I do want to read the book, and and you know, she's like a lot of Midwesterners. I grew up in Minnesota too, and and you know, it's very matter of fact. I mean, it's this, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do it right, and and uh, very much a product of her upbringing, I think. Well, you know who's coming up next? She also, by the way, let, before we get to our next guest, I just wanted to mention that, uh, as you heard earlier in the show, Jamie is off doing her thing till the end of the week. Tomorrow, we have the fox hunting episode for you. And then on Friday, we'll have a best of, uh, because I'll be with Jemmy and JoJo in an RV. And it sounds like uh, Jamie will be driving, trying to get away from snow. So yes. that's what you know, that, that just stunned me that, that she doesn't, She's not driven in snow a lot, and I'm sure there are a lot of people. Well, she lives but, in Arizona. Um, <laughs> I know. It's like I know, and and uh, I mean, I guess growing up in, in 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 Minnesota, and we have snow here in Tennessee, and and you've had snow, Glenn. Oh yeah, I mean, we we lived in Pennsylvania and Massachusetts. We had a plenty yeah. of snow. Yeah. Yeah, but she is one of the few smart people I know because if you don't know how to drive in snow, you need to like not do it. Yeah, bug out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So kudos to Jamie. <laughs> yeah. So that's what that's what the schedule is going to be for the rest of the week. And then uh, Jamie should be back here. We'll be back here on Monday for next week's shows. And it is the Preakness this weekend, but nobody cares. So we, that's yeah. about all we're going to talk about that. Um, maybe we'll talk about it on Monday a little bit for 10 minutes or so. Coming up next, it, now we have talked her into being a regular contributor to the show. She came on a couple of weeks ago. She's Auditor Abby, and she works with Chronicle of the Horse now. She was an auditor long before she worked with Chronicle of the Horse and a listener yeah. for a long time. But she did this segment that we absolutely loved, the history from the old Chronicles, because Chronicle's been around for about a thousand years. Yeah. And uh, Abby is back with us. She's going to join us once a month. Hi, Abby. Hello, Glenn and Lisa. How are Hi. you? So, Hi. so we just talked to this lady who's ridden thirty thousand miles, um, literally across Hi. the country and back. Uh, what's your longest ride ever in a day? Um, I don't know. Three phases of an event. <laughs> <laughs> to be about it. Yeah, no, I am not that cool. <laughs> you know, she said the horses never had sores. She didn't say anything about herself and her butt. She did. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I feel bad getting on like 
for the last, you know, I feel like my horse looks at me like I'm crazy when I get it, go, go get on for the third phase of an event. I can't even imagine her horse must be such a trooper. Mine would yeah. be. She's a princess. There's no way. <laughs> it's it's interesting that she rides fjords too, because fjords, you know that their jobs in the old days was to be tough ponies that worked for a living, and yeah. they worked all day without complaining, just worked. So Ashley, you know, if you're a smaller person, that's a perfect horse for what she's doing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And Abby, I don't know if you've you've noticed this or Glenn, you know, in the north when when I I do my barn consultings and and path stuff and all of that, everybody has fjords in the north part of the country and in the south we all have halflingers. Mm. And I don't know if you've okay. noticed that. If fjords tougher in the weather and the cold? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. Um and I think I think the fjords don't have like the halflinger pony personality that people either love or hate i can tell you abby's not on a fjord i can tell you that um she's she's no that would be really exciting though (laughs) yeah so abby what's going on over at the chronicle i did see an article in the chronicle here i didn't warn you about this but uh we can just chat about it that the uscf has announced that uh cbd oil will if they get any trace of cbd and and this is you know the hallucinogenic or non-hallucinogenic version apparently will cause a drug violation Uh, and and i saw that on the chronicle this morning yeah that broke last night um lots of opinions as i mean all of our all of our readers have lots of opinions so if you want to read some uh some interesting debates and arguments about that there's a lovely facebook comment section you can go to. Is, are they are they more uh, for for the ruling or against it's a little bit of both honestly i think it's become one of those things that when you see on these facebook groups you know we all joke that coconut oil and turmeric are kind of the first things people suggest but i've seen a lot of yeah. cbd oil um recently as as a suggestion for everything you know, whole slew of for yeah. everything yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> literally so it's becoming huge and um you know one of the most interesting comments i saw was that someone was glad not necessarily because of the ruling but just that they had clarified it because i guess up until this point it was kind of unclear as to whether it would test um test positive so that was an interesting perspective but yeah it's a lot of both some people saying it's a drug there's no way and some people saying you know it's it's all natural it's a plant why would we why would we mind so i'm sure more to come i'm sure there's going to be a lot of backlash yeah. and, you know the uscf will probably have to release some more statements and clarify and everything but it happened so did, did it say whether the fei has ruled on it did it say in the article it did not um okay. and i i can do a little bit of research yeah i don't know if the fei has ruled on it yet or not yeah yeah and does that include yeah, like hemp, sure. hemp stuff too? Because I'm seeing all these hemp supplements for horses now. Yeah, yeah, I believe it does. Um, it looks well. I'm just got the article open now, so it looks like the Congress passed an Agricultural Improvement Act known as the Farm Bill in 2018, which defines hemp as the plant cannabis sativa, um, yeah. and that's THC. So I know there's a difference between THC and CBD. Uh, but definitely go to our go to our website and read the article if you want to learn more because uh, these uh, journalists that wrote about about it know way more than I do. <laughs> I had I know 
It's supposed to, there's a lot of people with Lyme disease, and you know, I wasn't here on Monday because I had a really bad case of it this month. Um, yeah. It really knocked me out. But uh, a lot of them are using CBD oil, and I actually bought some and tried it, and it just made my stomach so upset I couldn't do it. But uh, apparently, oh, really? there's a lot of, and then you got to wonder how much it, are they doing? I always wonder these things with people that find the miracle cure. Are they also doing other things that are contributing to them getting healthier at the same oh, time? Yeah. You know, can we? contributed did they did they change anything else at the same time you know i'm not saying it doesn't work yeah, i'm just right. saying how you know when you're just reading about people using it we don't know the whole story um right exactly. and there's some people that swear by it for many different things pain mostly um, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yep. and that is one of the you know the arguments that people are making is can we at least try to get it approved in certain certain levels so that any horse that maybe has you know like butte is is in some cases approved for, you know, in low, low doses. Obviously, you can't mm-hmm. be shooting up a horse. Really low show, dose. But like, <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. Right. Yeah. But like an, elite, like an elite athlete would use ibuprofen, people are arguing, um, can we try to get CBD approved just in, in treatable kind of uh, levels, not obviously dosing up a horse. So we'll see where it goes. Um, yeah, it'll be, be really interesting to follow that refinement that goes into it, yeah. Well, before you get on to the history, there's something else I wanted to bring up with Uh you guys, Um, and that, it's kind of farm-related. A Claude Mm -hmm. Monet painting yesterday sold for $110 million. It it, it oh <laughs> is the first time his work has come to auction since 1986, and it's one of the 10 highest prices ever seen at auction. Now, you want to a- ask me what the painting is a painting of. Glenn, what is the painting, what is the painting, painting of? of Thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, it, it, uh, it's a painting of some haystacks. That's right. It's some haystacks. And you know the old haystacks, how they used to pile the hay into this pointy stack? Yeah. The Amish yeah. still do it, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what it is. Apparently, he was living in southern France, and he would go out every day for 25 days and painted these haystacks with different light coming on them. So it's 25 paintings of these same haystacks with the light in different places. And this one, by the way, the person who bought it in 1986 bought it for $2.5 million. And now has sold it for a hundred and ten oh million. Some, oh, oh my god! Some capital gains tax on that puppy. <laughs> it's like, wow, wow! Well, if they want to donate some to charity, I can recommend some. <laughs> can I just say too that, like most of these paintings that sell for this, it's not effect really a good painting of haystacks. It's kind of blurry and ugh. so. <laughs> yeah, I've anyway. seen it. I've seen it, and and it's just. I don't know. I mean, who who bought it? Do we know? Yeah, private collector. That's all it says. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure it's ending up in a sheik's house somewhere in the Middle East for oh, $110 million. Dollars. Yeah. But, yeah or, well, 25 haystacks might be near that much just buying the hay itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's where you live, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, Abby, let's go back in history. All righty. Well, okay, I've got two stops on our time travel today because um, I picked the year 1945 for most of our articles. We're kind of going to do like an on this day, but I wanted to stop at 1973 first because what I found when going back to 1945 is this was the end of World War II and they actually banned horse racing for kind of the last part of 1944 to 45 as the war was winding down. Um, So there was no Kentucky Derby. And since we just had the Kentucky Derby, I wanted to do something about that. So I just went straight to secretary at winning the Kentucky Derby and figured I'd (laughs) read something about that. Yeah. Um, We're lacking coverage on that today. But um, so 
the the title is not all that interesting, but I loved the way this uh, reporter wrote his recap of the Kentucky Derby. He obviously went there, took pictures, was covering, but he wrote it just kind of like a a novel, you know, detailing what went on throughout the day. He was talking about the um, guests that were staying in the hotel in the room next to them were up all night partying, so he didn't get any sleep. (laughs) And my favorite part of this article was um, the next day he recognized the voices um, of in a nearby group as the people who had kept him up all night. And one of them, whose name was Ed, apparently had been given $200 to bet on secretariat by a friend. And another of the guys named Gus had advised him just to pocket the money and said, he'll never go a mile and a quarter. <laughs> so Ed is, is talking to this reporter about, I don't know what to do with this. Do I just take the money? Do I bet it? Um, and then he kind of moves on, tells about Secretariat coming up the outside, you know, passing sham. And the last um, sentence of the article is, oh, and yes, Ed didn't bet the $200 on Secretariat. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Poor Ed. So, do we know what the so, odds yeah. were for Secretariat? What odds he went off at? Uh, it said nine to five. Yeah, I, I, th- I think he wasn't the favorite. I don't yeah. think. I think Sham was, wasn't yeah. he? I, I it doesn't have Sham's odds in here, but not as good as I would have. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, Boy, that horse had a stride, yeah, though. Of course. Yeah, it's the first, you know, first race of the Triple Crown, and it, I think they captured it perfectly in the movie. Like they, people didn't think he was going to do it. Um, and even in the writing, it's kind of hesitant to say, you know, it says world's most exciting racehorse is one of the captions, but it's, it's not, people were hesitant to say that this, this was going to happen. So, does um, it say who, who wrote the article? Uh, his name was Peter Winant, W-I-N-A-N-T-S. Not sure how to pronounce that. I'm just wondering if it was somebody Um, who, you know, kind of did a lot of writing in that time period. Yeah, I wasn't familiar, but it was funny. He, he had a guy down on, uh, I don't remember which poll he put him at, um, the three-eighths poll. And basically, it sounded like the guy operating the camera down there wasn't, I don't know if he was outsourced or didn't really work for the magazine, but this, this reporter was kind of telling him how to work the camera and then what to do with it. And he said, okay, a secretary, when he comes by you, is charging up the outside, then he's good. If he's not, then we're done. <laughs> so... <laughs> So get the picture if he's coming up on the internet. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's our Kentucky Derby thing because um, the first article I found from 1945 was um, listing of racing band puts tracks into motion. So this was from May 11th. I kind of did May 11th and May 18th, split the difference of where we are today. Um, and yeah, it sounds like they had just decided um, 1945 to reopen the tracks. Um, you know, I, I'm sure they didn't have quite enough young men going and betting, and I'm sure it was hurting. So they, they shut everything down to finish out the war. Um, they decided to run it, and they did end up running the 71st Kentucky Derby, which obviously we know this year was 145. But thinking that in 1945, that was the 71st Kentucky Derby just blows my mind. Yeah. Um, they ended up they ended up running it on June 9th. Um, and I don't necessarily think that was a big year. But, hey, they, they opened the tracks. Things were good again. Yeah. Do do we know um, why? I mean, I somewhere in the back of my mind, I knew that that they didn't have some racing during the war. But did they say why? Well, they I had... think everything was rationed so much that they also every, yeah. everybody was oh, so focused true. on working. You know, everybody was working in the factories, and I think there was effort, also yeah. like, should we be doing this during this time? You know, I right. think that was mm-hmm. part of it too. Plus, you got to remember, a lot of men were gone. You know, so that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's actually later on in the, the next week's issue, they had an article, which, well, let me flip the page here without ripping anything, um, 
stating racing's loss is something for the economists to calculate. So not only was our economy hurting anyway from everyone being gone, but then they had to come back, get everything running back up again, and people were starting to calculate how much money did we lose just based on the horse industry, which I like to remind everyone that we are a huge economy and don't forget about it. <laughs> yeah, because we all spend all our money on our horses. It goes someplace. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Now, uh, Abby, how, how long has the Chronicle been around? Uh, so it started in 1937. At that time, it was just the Middleburg Chronicle, so it's kind of like a local newspaper. Yeah. Um, and then it transitioned, I think, right around the 40s to the Chronicle uh, the Horse, and it was much more, it was a weekly newspaper back then. It was then, regional, so though, back then, wasn't it, to the, to the kind of um, Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania area? Much, much heavier. Yeah. Um, they had... Some stuff from kind of all over the country. They, I did notice they have a section in pretty much every article about like checking in with Great Britain or notes from Great Britain. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that's about, but <laughs> we selected. You know, we acknowledge they were there. The world, we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but a little bit more local for sure. Um, this next well, I just... one I found is probably the coolest story um, I've heard. And again, it's got the local component in it, but it's. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with baseball, um, but oh, yeah. this was a note. Okay, great. This, this is about Babe Ruth. Um, <laughs> so apparently, the, I was not familiar with the big train, but I should be. I probably shouldn't admit that. My dad will kill me. But uh, the big train, I guess his name was Walter Johnson, was one of the you know best pitchers of all time, people would argue. Um, apparently, he used to be a fox hunter. Really? So the Yeah. The guy writing this article says it was a pleasure to see Walter Johnson, with whom I used to fox hunt some years ago, um, at the opening ball game between the New York Yankees and the Washington Senators. Um, and then apparently after he stopped playing baseball, he moved up to Maryland and raised beef cattle and kept a good pack of hounds. So there you go. The big train was a fox hunter. Um, wow. And yeah, uh, who knew? I mean, it's, can you imagine a you know, major league baseball player today being like, yeah, I fox hunt on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I just That'd can't imagine. That'd be written right out of their contract. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. earlier, earlier in the show, Glenn was talking about Tim Conway being um, wanting to be a mm-hmm. jockey. So, I mean, who knew? Yeah. You know, horses are everywhere. Thank it's, goodness. I, I know. Thank goodness. I love seeing those little things in the media. I mean, we all know yes. how much Glenn loves Kayla Cuoco. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. I talked about her earlier too. So yeah, the, the Chronicle back then, I you know, in the forties, fifties, sixties, even the seventies, there was some magazines around, but I, I don't remember a ton of local horse newspapers. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. There was yeah, the Larry. I, I did see that the Blood Horse was around. Yeah, covering yeah. racing. Yeah. So I think Horseman's Yankee Peddler was around. Yes. And the God, is that still around? around? Yeah. Well. I, I, I don't know. They were a few years ago. Horseman's Yankee Peddler. I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah, they reviewed one of my books not too long ago. Oh. Um, so, so they were around, and and uh, but I think I think what you know became the Chronicle was you know it was local, but everybody who was writing those disciplines, you know, wherever they were, they got that paper. Well, and that was the only place to get the results. For yes. the shows, because yeah. you didn't know who yeah. won or didn't win, because you couldn't look it up on the internet, and you had to go to the Chronicle, and they would just list results for page after page. I don't know yeah. if they did that in the early days, yep. but... Uh, yeah, no, it's in here. Um, it's <laughs> it's an entire page, and this is not like a small book. It's one of those, I wouldn't, I don't even want to guess, but it's over a foot 
tall. Yeah, they were really um, big. And it's tiny, yeah. tiny yeah. print. Yeah, tiny, tiny print. And um, and it's, I mean, four full columns of, of horse show results because they've covered show horses, racing, and we don't cover racing as much anymore. Um, but it was obviously a big racing magazine newspaper back then. Um, and they actually covered some polo, I noticed, last week. I don't see oh. as much in this issue, but uh, the issue I did last week was, I think, 1950, and they had quite a bit of polo in there, too. So it's interesting. It's evolved over the years, Well, let's, sure. let's yeah. be honest, Abby. Uh, girls wanted to see good-looking polo guys back then, too. So they're, Well, you know, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Abby, your archives there, I mean, I'm assuming you guys have physical copies of everything, yeah. or is it all digital now? Yeah, no, we have, we have physical copies of everything. Um, it's very like difficult. Do you have to wear white gloves? Yeah, it's actually, oh, I probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I have to be so careful. They are very, very delicate. Um, it's actually in our conference room. So we moved them all into big shelves on the walls in our conference room, um, which is just, it's so pretty. And I, the, I actually walked in and did my interview in there when I first um, was looking at the Chronicle and, I remember my mom saying, you got to go in and find the secretary at article. <laughs> so I did that for her right away because that was, you know, number one priority. But yeah, they've, they've got all of them since 1937, just in these really old bound books. The pages are orangey yellow. They're very cool. Wow. Um, wow. I just can so, imagine you know, going back like 80 years and looking at some of those and, and hoping they don't disintegrate. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, I'm being very slow on turning. But just think, I mean, you're almost coming up, well, not almost, but soon 100 years. I mean, what, what other yeah. horse magazine is, is 100 years old, you know? Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, so and I, I always like to go back and see how it's changed. You're not allowed to get happened. fired because of us either. So let's keep that in mind. I don't want that in my conscience. So <laughs> oh, yeah, be no. careful with those pages. All right. Uh, Thank you, Abby. We appreciate you joining us. Of course, what's the website? Uh, the website is cronofhorse.com, C-H-R-O-N of horse.com. And if you want to kind of stay up to date on everything, uh, just there's a little box on the right-hand upper corner where you can sign up for our newsletter. Um, we won't bombard you, but we basically send out one email on Mondays kind of detailing what's going on that week. Um, we have our Missed It Mondays of hilarious photos of people falling off, usually, that they send to us. We have permission. It's the reason I open the email every week is to look at the pictures of people falling off. That's what I look at. Yeah, yeah. great. Exactly. And it tells you kind of what's going on online and what we're posting about. But, uh, but yeah, super fun. So definitely go sign up for that email newsletter just to stay up to date. Thank you, Abby. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Bye, Bye. Abby's going to be with us the third Wednesday of every month. She's going to be joining us. That's so much fun. I love looking back at the history stuff. Yeah. I love looking back at that stuff. Um, So, you know, we've been ending every show lately, Lisa, with what did you learn today? So what did you learn today? Well, I learned that Tim Conway wanted to be a jockey. That just blows me away. Um, Could you picture the scene of him being in the starting gate? It opens up and the horse just goes out from underneath him. I mean, it just... (laughs) I said, oh, I'm supposed to be on that horse. <laughs> I just, you know, and I, I have this, um, this vision of him just being the funny guy, and I just can't imagine him being focused and serious enough to be a jockey. And maybe that's why he wasn't. 
Yeah, well, apparently he didn't do the army very well either. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so that was, that was interesting, you know, and, and I love the story Abby just told about the guys in the hotel room, next yes. to the secretariat, the guy who, who didn't bet on secretariat. That was, I, that was good. I learned you got to be a certain kind of person to be a uh, long rider, especially a lady well, long rider. True. You know, you yes. have to be a certain kind of person. Yeah. Uh, and I was really impressed with her attention to detail. You know, I, I think that not all of us are cut out for that. No, and she, you know, she probably, I was impressed by that because we've had long riders on before who ha- weren't so. <laughs> um, people she would not ride with, let's say. They weren't so uh, into detail, and their horses were always having problems and stuff. Um, and it sounds like, you know, because she was, it's why she could do such long days and weeks and months and years with the same horses and not have a problem. Yeah. Uh, that's the only way you could do that is being that attentive to the horses. It's the only way. And you, did you hear too? She said she was walking ten miles a day herself. This is one fit woman. <laughs> um, did I lose you, Lisa? Oh, like yeah. It. No, there we are. Oh, there we are. You're back. So, oh, okay. yeah, I don't know what that was. Um, but if you look at photos of her, she's very fit. You know, no and, kidding. <laughs> and and I think she, you know, she would, I can see her becoming very um, aggravated with people who didn't meet her standards. And and understandably so, because there's a big safety factor involved. Yes, that's yeah. an understatement. And I also aggravated. learned that Jamie doesn't know how to drive in snow. That was a big thing. <laughs> that, yeah, that was eye-opening for me. <laughs> and we learned that Jamie has never camped before, and this weekend should be a treat. Although, we're, it's yes. not like camping. We're going in a 31-foot brand new RV. I don't think that's camping. I don't that's think that counts. Camping. I'm bringing that's a tent along, and we're going to make Jemmy sleep in the tent outside the RV. Uh. <laughs> and I learned, okay, that's not happening, but I learned <laughs> if you want to have really awesome vacations that are really just you tagging along on your family member's business trip, then either have a mom with a podcast or a mom who's a horse trainer, because both work out pretty well. Apparently. There you go. Yes. <laughs> that's yes. right. And your son's yes. going to be able to do that this weekend. So there you go. Yeah. And, and Lucas is doing that right now with Jamie. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so there you go. All right, Lisa, tell us uh, what's going on in your life here quick. Book coming out. Oh, we lost her again. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I think she actually is She's actually gone now. All right. I will tell you, LisaWysaki.com is where you can find all of her books. Uh, she has a lot of books over there. We've read them here before on the show. You'll find them over there. So go to LisaWysaki.com. She also does clinics. You can find her across the country doing various clinics on various topics. Uh, and she goes to expos and things like that. And a lot of you have come up and said hi to her at the shows. And we really appreciate that as well. So LisaWysaki.com. Com. Of course, we'll put links in the show notes for everything today from our guests, Elisa. Uh, we'll put all the links in the show notes, which you can find at horsesinthemorning.com. Follow us on Facebook also at Horses in the Morning. Uh, search for it there. You can find Jemmy at... 
flintstonemedia.com or floridapodcastnetwork.com. Jemmy is a fabulous website designer and uh, rescuer. Uh, she rescued ours uh, here when we had a little problem over the weekend. <laughs> uh, she's So she's fabulous at that. She does great at designing websites. So if you need help with that, or if you're looking at starting a podcast on any topic at all, uh, you can yeah. uh, go. Oh, you're back, Lisa. I'm back. So the electricity just, big kaboom, electricity's out. I don't know how I'm on somebody's, I'm on my phone internet right now. So, cheese, um, <laughs> Lisa. Weather challenges today. <laughs> Jeez. You know, we're lucky she's still here. There's not a tornado warning, is there? Not well. I haven't checked the weather. Not that I know of. Uh, looking out the window, there's not a lot of wind, but it's it's uh, just black, black, black. You so. guys in the south have been getting hammered with these storms. I tell you, we've had so much rain. I mean, it's just been. Uh, just a nightmare. I mean, you know, everything is just soggy. We would dry out for a few days, you know, lately, but then, you know, then it comes back again. So, but you guys get rain, you know, I mean, Monday, you were in the middle of a big thunderstorm in the morning, which I think is odd for you guys. Yeah, we usually get them in the afternoon. The morning's kind of odd. I, I did look at the, I don't see any tornado warnings right where you are. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jemmy, it's FlintstoneMedia.com, correct? You got it. All right, good. And Lisa, we went over. It's lisawaisaki.com, and that's where you can yes. find all the books and clinics and all that stuff. Yep. All right, very good. Well, thank you, everybody. Fox hunting tomorrow here on the show. We'll be back, and then we'll have a best of for you on Friday, which I'm sure will Absolutely. include some really bad ads. That's it for today. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye.